I want to introduce the brilliant, the world champion, Judah Friedlander, tonight, everybody. Please welcome Judah. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. This is... uh, this is really cool to uh, to be here. Can you, in four minutes, give us a summary of your life and how you ended up right here, right now? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Creative. Uh, mom, I mentioned this in my book quickly. Uh, my mom always did a lot of art. Where? Uh, just at home. You know, yeah, but where? Where? This is in San Diego. Okay. I was a little kid lived in San Diego for a while. Born in Maryland, lived in San Diego for a while. Uh, Mom always did lots of art. Very strict parents. Um, She wouldn't let us watch much TV. It was, you know, first was get your homework done, and then it was either go outside and play or uh, create something, make something, do some art, drawing, whatever. And my dad kind of always taught me to sort of like question authority. You know, don't always believe what you hear and see on TV and et cetera. You know, so those two things were big. And then... uh, completely miserable in school for the most part. Absolutely hated it. I always looked at it. I got good grades. I had to. I think I would have been, you know, killed by my parents if I didn't. But uh, so I always looked at school like prison. It's like do good behavior and then get the fuck out. That's mm-hmm. how I kind of viewed it. And uh, and you went to a good school. It went to it was a pu- no, it was a public school. No, but you went to a good college afterwards. You went to NYU. I did. I kind of forget that I ever went there because I, I don't – I never – I didn't view it as a good college when I was there. I – uh like I went to film school at NYU, and uh, I started in '87, and I kind of view that. Ex- I don't really even view it as a college experience. So I basically had a high school education, but because in film school you can't really. There's not too much you can teach. You basically mm-hmm. you get a camera, you go out and make a short film, and then you edit it, and you, you just learn by doing. You don't really right. learn that much. So, uh, but the school got me to New York. But uh, anyways, uh, backtracking a little bit. Um, yeah, I was always kind of a loner as a as a kid, and I, and I think I still am. You know, uh, I wish I wasn't, but I think that's just the way it is. Um, but I uh, so I always did lots of art as a kid, um, and I was always interested in comedy. And some of my early cartoons had you know comedy or comedy attempts in them. And then when I was sixteen, I found out you could do stand up comedy. I never knew you could do it. You, you know, you'd see like Steve Martin, Joan Rivers on some late night talk show. It never occurred that you could do that. And then I happened upon this. In 1985, we got a VCR, and I wasn't allowed to stay up late, but I learned to program the VCR, and then I would tape this show that came on real late at night, and uh, it showed comedians that you'd never heard of, and this is all on, uh, this is non-cable TV, this is just syndicated stuff, and they would talk about comedy clubs, and that's when I first realized, oh, you can do that, I'm like, I want to do that, so I started writing jokes at 16, but I was very introverted and shy, and then when I was 19, I made 19 the deadline, it's like I got to get on stage before I'm 20. You know, at the time, I viewed 20 as this ancient kind of age. So uh, when I was 19, I did my first open mic. And then the first two years I did it, I didn't even know that you're supposed to go out every night. I thought the guys you saw in Letterman or Carson had done it like 10 times before, and Johnny Carson would walk into some comedy club with some hot chicks and, you know, trying to be cool. And then he'd give those give, – he'd go – like he would actually say to one of the hot chicks, I'm going to give this kid a break. You know, that would make him look like a good guy, and that would make the girls think he's cool. That's actually how I thought showbiz worked. And then uh, I think when I was about 21, 22, I realized, oh, you're supposed to go out and do this every night. And then I didn't pursue acting for years. And then after about seven, eight years of doing stand-up, I was finally able to get a uh, commercial agent. My first professional acting jobs were doing commercials. And then I started getting tons of commercials. And that's like basically like making a short movie a day. 
and learning stuff. And then I got little bits and TV shows. I love it that so many corporations were like, this is our oh, man. Oh, initially they weren't. You know, I, I actually got my agent. At the time, I was doing all the clubs in New York City, but they all pay like – like nothing to like, you know, 50 bucks tops for, for a, a show. And so I still had a day job. I was front desk person at Crunch Fitness. And, <laughs> nice. and, and they actually named me, they named me front desk person of the year of all the crunches. Oh my God, I yeah. love this. And then, I, I, yeah, well, when the, when the crunch in LA opened, the, the, the CEO of Crunch came to me and he says, Judah, we're opening up a gym in LA and we want to fly you out there. So that you can work the front desk and the other staff can just watch you do what you do. That's like a direct quote. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, and the, the GM that, was, that I would have to be working under was like horrendous. And I knew I'd be working like 14 hours a day. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I turned it down. And they were shocked. And uh, so anyways, a lady – and I, never, I was never able to get an agent. Uh, anytime I met an agent or something, they would, just, they, would, they would look at me and they would just be like, there's no way you're ever going to cast anything. Your hair's too long. You've got big sideburns. You've got big glasses. They're like, you're too extreme looking. You'll never – no one will ever want to use you. And then this one lady who worked out at the gym, she uh, – I was just helping her move some weights once and – I don't know. I was making her laugh, and she says, "You should do commercials." And I said, "I love to." I go, "But I don't." And I have comic friends who do it, but uh, you know, I've never had a lead in. And uh, she goes, "Well, I used to own my own agency." She goes, "I'll recommend you to the guy who runs it now." And uh, and this was Paradigm at the time, and uh, this guy Doug Keston, who was the head of it. So she, so I got a meeting with him. Went well. Never heard. No, I heard from him once. Uh, didn't get a call back, and then I didn't hear from him for like six months. So I go to her after six months. I go, yeah, I haven't, haven't heard from him uh, in six months. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe there's just nothing out there. She's like, no, call him, bug him, call him. I did, and the next, and then I got an audition. The next one, I booked it, and the next one after that, I booked it. Yeah, so, so I just started getting You know, the, the amazing story about this is that so many people, especially the stand-ups that I know, sort of get into the world of comedy because they um, they're attracted to sort of the benef- the benefit program of like whether it's girls or lifestyle, but but also the need to make people laugh yeah. or the desire. I shouldn't say need, but in in lots of actors and lots of people in the entertainment business, sort of they want. They want um, the the acceptance from a yeah. larger idea. Yeah, I don't think but that you, was mine, I know no. that's mine what I was, was about just, to say. Oh, that it was just really combating misery so, for the most part. It but was like, but your like story, trying to not be suicidal and just combat misery. But you were. It, it's yeah. really unique that you were like, okay, I have all these interests, animation, yeah. like artistry. Like you had a very, um, and you look at somebody like you know whatever the Johnny Carson whatever like yeah. that whole thing and you didn't desire you didn't necessarily desire the lifestyle no never did you yeah, wanted the don't. process yeah 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 and that's even like was I was you know uh before where I was before the podcast started I was talking a little bit about like like where I live and it's like I was saying I was saying to Sim how it's like yeah I live in New York but I don't really know where I want to live it's like mm-hmm. every time I look to buy a place it stresses me out and depresses me too much with how little you get for how much you spend. Yeah. It's basically, like a two-bedroom apartment in Greenwich Village is about the same as a 2,500-square-foot house in the Hollywood Hills with a swimming pool and a yeah. view of the Hollywood Well, luckily with the like, 
paycheck you're receiving yeah. from doing yeah. this podcast. Yeah, no, that's, you're that's well on your way. Yeah. You don't have to so, worry. But it's like, I don't, and like New York can be a real grind to live in. I think it's harder to live in now than it's ever lived in. Like crime is way down, but just living in it is difficult, much more difficult than it used to be. Uh, you know, just with the, just congestion and just mm -hmm. everything, you know, um, so, but I don't know. For comedy, it is good. There's a lot of stage time there. So, for what I do, it's it's good. You, you know, know and, and I can relate to your your story a, a bit. Um, Chris and I talk a lot. Um, my husband, Chris Pratt, yeah. like we talk a lot about um, how we are. Although I think we like the maybe the lifestyle more than we want to admit. But um, That's okay, there's nothing I wrong do. with a good lifestyle. <laughs> but. Every but, time I come to L.A., I'm like, what am I doing? Why, I should fucking move back here. It's so much nicer. What the hell am I doing living in New York? It sucks. You know? but, I do that every time. But there's a surprising amount of people in our industry that don't seem to love the actual artistry of it. Mm -hmm. They they want the the things and the, the benefit program. Are you talking actors program? mostly or writers or actor, crew people? Actors. Or, or, actor, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm... I'm really fortunate to be with somebody who loves acting as much yeah. as I do. Yeah. And well, it shows, you know, I mean, and, and you, you guys are great. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I remember when you hosted SNL, uh, I was filming 30 Rock at the time, and Lutz, uh, John Lutz, who played Lutz on 30 Rock, he, he at the time he was acting on 30 Rock in a recurring role and still being a staff writer on SNL. And we were talking about you one day. And uh, when you were hosting SNL, I think it was, I don't know, it was probably like six years ago, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Um, we did it twice. It, was, it might have been the maybe first. Two, uh, uh, oh, maybe it was when President Obama was running, uh, and Tina Fey came and guested. Like she, yeah, 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 she, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, we were talking about you, and I was like, I'm like, I was just, you know, I think it's Monday or something. I'm like, hey, who's hosting this week? You know, just making conversations. Like, it's like on a fair. So I'm like, oh, dude, she's going to be awesome. Oh my then, God, that's then, so and nice. Then, and then, and he was, and then, you know, later in the week we're talking, and and he's like, he's like, if she wasn't hosting, she could be a cast member. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, you, you like, no way, you're, <laughs> so nice. you're giving me such a gift. Yeah. I, I well, it's think, true. I mean, you're, you're I, it's, you're, yeah. One thing that's really cool about you is that you, uh, you know, you can do a lot of things because, like, you're naturally funny and you can do comedy, but you can, because you're a natural actor, also you can do drama too. So, and and. You can do, you know, lots of different characters. That's that's pretty rare. You Thank know? you. Because so, especially, and it's also hard in Hollywood because Hollywood's always trying to, you know, the business is typecasting. You know, they're that's how they work pretty much. And and most people view people as they can only do one thing. So and you know, people who are, you know, if you're not white and and and, and you know, especially and or even black, you know, if you're if you're Asian, if you're Latino, uh, if you're Arab, it's even harder. You know, it's but but everyone gets typecasted. You know, it's it's uh, so you're always have Don't to fight you against. Don't remember that. like how revolutionary it was? I'm totally getting. Sim's going to get annoyed with me because we were supposed to get some college. No, no. But how revolutionary the casting of Pulp Fiction was, like the idea at that time of John Travolta at like Samuel L. Jackson, like it was. I remember feeling floored. This is, you know, before I even thought about coming here, or whatever, and thought that maybe I could make a living doing something I loved. But the idea of of the just the vision of breaking away from. Yeah. 
Um, a guy who was considered a has-been, Travolta. Yeah. Right? And then someone like Sam Jackson, who, yeah. you know, black guy and not a leading guy and like by any flinky, means. And, like, tall yeah. Uma Thurman yeah. And, yeah. and just how – why did that it, – it's a shame that it felt so brave and revolutionary. I, I Yeah, it shouldn't. Right. It, right. Yeah. At, at that time, I feel like that was just when – independent films are really just hitting their stride. You're talking about Steven Soderbergh and Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And yeah, uh, independent films are really broke through really into Really broke through to the mainstream, absolutely. Yeah. And, but yeah. that was a time where, you know, when Quentin said, this is my cast, and, yeah. and you know, Harvey Weinstein said, okay, and then, but they still need that one linchpin actor. They got Bruce Willis, right. and that kind of triggered the financing. Oh, really? That's yeah. right, but, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and what about the, the, the beautiful, um, the, uh, the woman who played his girlfriend in that? Oh, sorry. I'm still on Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we, that's uh, where I am, too. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, you know, the beautiful, and she talks about the pot belly. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, remembering that scene. The, the Roseanne Arquette? No. no. Um, Bruce Willis is... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. The, yes. Her, his love. And it was just an, I don't it remember was her such name. an yeah. unusual casting choice because yeah. we're so used to some kind of sexy bombshell. And she was sexy in this very uh, soft, sensual, unusual way, and um, and he loved her, and it was, you know, it was it was just it was uh, I, I want to like as I weird, sit huh? here with my blonde hair yeah. extensions. No, 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 no. But it's interesting. <laughs> like, well, when I told some people that I was doing your podcast, it shows you how just people. So many people think they always they always compartmentalize people. Like they can do one thing, and that's it. Like when I told people I was doing your podcast, some people were like, "She's doing a podcast," and they were like, <laughs> they were like. They were like they were shocked and surprised. It's like it's like yeah, she's allowed to do a podcast, <laughs> you know, and it's it's totally cool. It's like you can do more than one thing. Right. You don't have. It's, it's weird because people complain that oh, he always plays the same character, and then you play something different. They're like, oh, why is he doing that? You know, it's like so. A lot of times, people it's like they want the diversity of a performer, and then they also want the performer to do the same thing over right. and over again. Right? Yeah, so it's kind of like when you go to a concert and they only play the hits. And you're like, oh, they didn't play any new stuff. And then if they only play new stuff, they're like, they didn't, they play, didn't any play any hits. hits. It's yeah. Like, mix it yeah. up. You can yeah. do it. You're, you're a performer. You're an I, artist. You can do whatever you want. I like the track you're on because it's blame the audience. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. But, but like you know, but, but I know, but I, I know what you're saying. It's sort of, um, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of being able to grow and stretch and like play different things. But, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, my big haunting factor is my mom because I feel so guilty if I if I stray from a character who's um, not very morally mm-hmm. – I don't know. Do you have those issues too? Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No, I don't, actually. I don't think I do. Yeah. Even though you're, why was your mom so strict about television? I think she thought most of it was crap, you know, and uh, 
And also things were different back then. Like people would actually say to their kids, don't sit too close to the television. Like people thought that was bad for you. And now everyone's, you know, holding up screens to their face right. like two inches away. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. She, I think they just viewed that as like not – because my my mom did too. Yeah. She wouldn't let us watch television. Yeah. And if she ran to the grocery store, my brother and I would like we would watch television, and then we would put uh, like a bag of peas, frozen peas, on top of it. Oh, really? Because she would come home. The first thing she did, she would feel if the television was warm. Oh. Yeah, that was back when we had like box television. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool That's story. So I love that. Interesting. I love that. <laughs> oh man. See, if I, I, know this. I don't think I was ever <laughs> smart enough to even think of that. But I wouldn't. I was so petrified of my mom. I wouldn't even think of trying to do something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. But that—that's brilliant. That's, well, that's no, brilliant. I mean, no. She, she had always had my number. Yeah. She always knew what was going yeah. on. Did you hear that? Did you cool. hear the last podcast, the one we had with Regina Hall? No, I haven't heard. There that. was a call with I call my mom. mom in the beginning yeah. of the podcast where they, where she, where um, Anna's mom wondered why Anna can't be funny um, without being raunchy. Oh, okay. it was a very, very interesting call, and it was hilarious because that podcast, especially the beginning of the podcast, yeah. was extremely raunchy. Regina Hall was teaching Anna how to properly administer a blowjob and I like administer (laughs) I'm going to administer a blowjob to you honey I don't think I've ever used it if I was doing something like that yeah I'd probably get shit from my mom too I probably would but it's different for girls yeah but I I don't do that much I'm not like casting something sexual that much and even my stand-up act I'm not doing sexual stuff that much so but I bet I would get I bet I would get a little bit on that and uh well sometimes i think my mom views it as sort of like an easy maneuver uh-huh. in a yeah. way like an easy device but what i want her to understand is that i just want to be honest yeah i like i really want to know how to give a decent blow job yeah mom was this, was this in a particular <laughs> scene that you did this that happened no just this is real life oh okay gotcha. yeah and you were talking to her about that well, I didn't talk to her about that. You're talking I, to the show about it. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's. I think having those conversations is good. <laughs> you know, and you need to talk to Thank who you're you. doing it with because how are you supposed to know? You know, it's just like with <laughs> girls. It's like there's so many things. You know, I mean, you know, guys are constantly studying women, but it's you know always you know somewhat from a distance. You know, sure. you're, you're not you're usually not getting information directly from the source you're it's all observatory absolutely you know so yeah if, if someone just tells you something that's fantastic well we've talked a lot about like and i'm sure you like every everyone here at this at my dining table is too educated i would think to maybe believe that like for instance i was having this conversation at work that um there was a fella that was inquiring about like a fist mm-hmm. like does a fist like fisting, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well, he was talking about his his um, his wife is about to give birth, mm-hmm. and uh, the doctor had to put the hand up there, and he was saying like, "Well, honey, you know, you got one for free," and it and and I know that he was of course joking, but at the same time, it did make me think about like sort of the larger idea that. With the porn culture right now, see, Mom, I'm so sorry. I just keep going here. But um, that there's this – I don't think 
<clears throat> from the polling I've done. Yeah. <laughs> extensive no, polling. No, no, I'm, extensive I'm, polling. I'm loving this. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, right. Actually, you know, that doesn't it's, – it's not going to feel as good as, as some of those ladies on the porn make it sound like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or, or I mean, just, I've, I've just never aggressive hands yeah. in general. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'll, I've I've watched porn from many different countries, not uh-huh. many, but several different countries. Let's yeah. say maybe four or five different countries. I don't like American porn. I, oh, interesting. This yeah. is like sociological. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so, t- so I all don't. Right. It's like, I mean, literally, like every American porn I've seen, there, there's a couple things I just don't like. Like what? Well, first of all. Both the man and the woman are so aggressive. It's like they're both just yelling at each other the whole time. I, I don't, I don't, right. I'm, I'm like, I've never had sex like that. I don't want to have sex like that. And then also, they're both so self-indulgent. You know, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, you like that, you like that. And the girl's like, yeah, yeah, you like that, you like that. And I'm like, everyone's so self-centered. And then they're always just yelling at the other person. I'm like... I remember when I first saw it, I mean, it, it like, scared me. I'm like, oh, so we, what's the international porn that's more demure and generous? You know, I don't know. I've what seen country? Polish porn. I've seen and Japanese po- porn. Wait, po- Polish porn is... the differences between the international... Yeah, yeah po- it's Polish. More like, just, like, if you watch, like, is, Japanese Do you think it's porn, a, a communist influence? Like, no, I don't know. I think it's just... I, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, but one thing, like, when I've traveled, I, you know, I started doing stand-up a lot. Uh, in Europe, I started going to Europe a couple times a year to do stand-up about about four years ago, and that really kind of opened up my eyes. You know how when you're in a bad relationship, you can't see it, but all your friends can yes. see it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like three years later, you're out of it, and you're finally over it, and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yes. So when I started doing shows like in England and, and like Netherlands and Sweden, I – I initially thought, oh, I'm going to go here and learn about these countries. But what really happened was I started learning more about my own country. I was like, I was able to get some distance and see it. And you know, because you're so used to, no matter where you are in life, you're, you're so caught up in it. It's hard to see. You're like, get perspective. Why aren't Pringles quite as popular in America? Yeah, but it's like, but so many things. Like in Sweden, like when you walk down steps outside, right near there's like, let's say there's steps, and then in the middle there's like a railing. Right next to the railing on the ground, the steps are smooth. So it's like a, it's like a, like for six inches, it's like a ramp. And I was like, why is this? And I talked to somebody, and they're like, oh, that's so, when you have your bicycle, you don't have to carry it down the steps. You can just glide it right down the steps. I'm like, simple. Like, Makes like, sense. Like a very simple thing that we don't have here. Right. Yet it's, there's nothing technological about it. It's just someone thought to do that, you know. And then also when you're at the grocery store in Sweden, uh, you know when you're in the grocery store and you, you know, your, your groceries go through, you're paying for it, um, but you haven't, you've already paid for it, but you haven't finished packing up your bags yet, and now all the other stuff is coming in, and you're afraid you might grab some of theirs. Mm-hmm. They have this like bar system so that it automatically at the end separates things, so that yours is already separated from the incoming stuff coming in, so you don't wow. have to like grab it quick. Because so, I gotta tell it's you, simple like that. Yeah. You, you know, know, I I yeah. always view the bar. Like yeah. when you're the plastic bar, as that's, that's an aggressive that's, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. do. Like yeah. I view it as like we are now distancing ourselves, <laughs> yeah. and I hate it. Yeah. So I try to avoid doing yeah. it. It's like we were never friends, but now I really don't. Like right, it. Yeah. right, yeah. and I don't know why. I've, that's yeah. yeah. I, I I never I never liked putting that yeah. bar up, and. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah. It feels uncomfortable. It, it does. But do you ever judge people from what they put on their 
their side of the conveyor belt when you have that? Like, they're, have, they have a few things. Do you ever, like, look at I look someone? at them, but I don't judge. I analyze, but I don't analyze. judge. I wouldn't yeah. say judge. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying analyze and kind of just try to figure out their lives just yeah. based on what they're taking home. Like, what do you mean? Like, what? Like, for example, like, I'll be like, I, wow, this person actually knows how to cook. I'm, I just I, bought pre-made things. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll, I'll, cook. I'll take yeah. home, like, you know, a six-pack of Heineken <laughs> and two uh, frozen CPK pizzas, and, you know, and, and they'll look at me and they're like, okay, this guy's probably single, you know? Yeah. Probably, yeah. and then you know you can do the same thing by by looking at to see whatever whatever. Right, I mean, I, right. I don't. I don't. I always kind of felt self. I, that's why I feel self conscious yeah. at grocery stores. I yeah. really don't like people kind of analyzing. How did we get on this tangent? I started talking about going to Europe. Oh, we were talking. Well, we were talking about porn in different oh, yeah, countries. Porn. Oh yeah, porn. Porn. Different countries. Right. So. It all comes Chinese. back we to porn. porn. What's yeah. Chinese porn like compared yeah. to American? Porn? I don't think they have porn in China. And they probably do yeah. not. Yes. Uh, Japan, there's a lot, mm-hmm. and they're like, like I mean, they have some really weird, bizarre stuff. I, I don't, I don't like that stuff. The stuff I see, it's just, it's just people having sex, and, and it looks like they both like each other and care about each other. So that's the stuff like, that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in American porn, you can't. Yeah, that seems find very it. healthy. You but can't you find. But you it. don't think just, that with like all of the websites, you know, with with all of these clips, and there are tons of websites that that show porn. I mean, you can. There's there's a porn to fit everyone's appetite. Don't you think? Like, if you want massage porn, if you want babysitter porn, if you want, like, you know, doctor. Ner- Listen, I don't watch porn, but I'm just like, I've. I've from- Can we try to <laughs> combine the two weirdest professions for porn? Like, right now oh, I'm going okay. to, like, the most bizarre. Let's combine a female and a male. It doesn't have to be female. I don't, I don't no. mean to be, like,. Well, but, the majority of the population is heterosexual, mm-hmm. so that, I mean that's why you said okay, yeah. I'm I don't know why a uh, like an underground parking attendant mm. comes to mind with uh, somebody. Somebody give me something. Okay, here's underground female, parking uh, under yeah under underground parking attendant. Um, a woman pulls in to pay her thing, but she has no cash, and she or she lost a ticket. And and she they won't let her exit the parking and the guy the attendant yeah won't but what does let she do exit. for a living I like where you're going but what does she do for a living I need to know why she is she owns Uber. why is she, she owns Uber she, or does she drive an Uber or she no she owns Uber she owns she Uber. bought it from the guy who owns it currently and she's the <laughs> gotcha. new owner of Uber but what was she doing in the garage well she was parking she was maybe what she was she at a doctor's appointment like what maybe what was a she doctor's appointment and the doctor um, maybe didn't validate the the ticket. And so, so the attendant would. She's let pissed. Her... If she owns Uber. She's fucking pissed. Yeah. Right, but the attendant won't let her out unless she performs sexual favors. And Uber is not allowed to pick people up at that garage. There you go. It's, it's like LAX. And she really doesn't yeah. want to take another elevator. She's yeah. scared of elevators. Yeah. She does not want to go back up to get it validated. Right. Because she it, she almost had a nervous breakdown on the no. way down. <laughs> And she normally would take the stairs, but uh, she sprained her ankle two weeks ago. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, All right guys. We did. We, you like know what? We'll, we'll finesse this yeah. a little more, but we got it. All right, so let's take a call. All right, let's do it. Hello? Jared. Yeah. Hey, it's Sim, and you're on Anna Ferris is Unqualified. You're on with Anna and Judah Friedlander. How are you? 
Hi, Jared. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm great. Hey, thank you for submitting the question and agreeing to be on here. We have been yeah, having thanks some, for having me. Oh my God, we're we're so grateful. We we were just having a conversation that would make my mom unbelievably uncomfortable. So hopefully <laughs> we can continue that. <laughs> so Jared, it's it's so it sounds like you've been you've been it's been two years since you've been in a relationship with someone who emotionally mm-hmm. abused you, and now you're having confidence issues because of her. I mean, I I I think you should walk us through what's going on right now because I really have a f- good feeling that Judah and Anna are going to help you with this. So tell us tell us what's happening. Okay, um, it's been like uh, about two and a half years since my last relationship, and it was a very fast relationship. It was like four or five months of like really intense all in just like full blown we're here and like, you know, see each other every day, every night, whatever. And then it was, you know, probably about two weeks into it, it started to get really bizarre. And the more it, the more the girl, uh, sort of showed me her true colors, the stronger, I don't know, for some reason I just, decided I wanted to stay with her because it was easier to be with her than to break up with her. And, you know, sort of the flip side became, uh, you know, her freaking out and I didn't want that. And when we broke up, I just since then, for some reason, I think like just it was so damaging to me that I've been having a hard time figuring out how to sort of like open up the vault of my, you know, either physically or socially, um, yeah, it's been really difficult for some reason. I'm so sorry. Can, yeah. Can, yeah. Can I ask what, what you said you were emotionally abused? Yeah, just like, you know, sort of one of these, one of these people that are very manipulative, um, you know, sort of like making bizarre demands, like in the middle of the day, like, for example, like, Hey, can you go check on my cats? at my house. I think that it's too hot. And I'm like, I'm working. Yeah, but you need to go check on my cat. Like, just weird little mind games, like, sort of, like, getting me to do these chores, and then always being upset if I couldn't come to the phone. Um, Making you feel guilty like you're a bad person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you ever name Um, call or anything? Yeah, it was just sort of, it was more of like, there was this there was this tone to how she would talk to me that was pretty, pretty strange and, and freaky after a while. And anyhow, you know, after we, after we ended it, I, I actually felt like I just like couldn't get my mojo back. You know what I mean? I know it sounds ridiculous, but well, I just like couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't like figure it out. And, and I've, I've been on a, I've been on one date. Do you still like the ex? No. Okay. Definitely not. Do you think you have trust issues with women? Yes. Okay. I think it's safe to say that. Do you think you have low self-esteem? Um, yeah. But I, I mean, when you were maybe... with the woman and she was doing things that made you feel bad, yet you'd stay with her, did, do you think that's, looking back, do you think that's esteem issues? Do you think you still have esteem issues? I've certainly yeah, had that. I've been in a, I, I, you know. I think so, yeah. Yeah. But do, okay, I think it's just one of those things that's hard to it's hard to break out of. And every time I imagine myself with someone else, 
I keep going like, do they look like her? Do they think? It's, I don't know. It's this weird thing I keep comparing, and I don't want to. No, do you're, that. You're, it sounds it's like you're afraid difficult. of getting burned again. That's why you're comparing him to her. Because it sounds like you don't like her anymore, but you're afraid of right. getting uh, burned uh, by someone again. So you're like, well, if they're like her. If these characteristics are like her, then maybe I'll get burned again. Is or, that what you're thinking? Well, or, yeah. you know, but also, uh, do, and Jared, like, do you think that you felt like, what is wrong with me that I was attracted to this person? Like, what is wrong with, like, how did I, because I've been in those kinds of relationships where it's like, oh, my God, why, like, everyone else was seeing something that I didn't see. I craved acceptance from this person that was so like atrocious why did i do that um and then you start to question your judgment with everything a hundred percent i mean i think that you know it's funny after the after the breakup a lot of my friends sort of came out of the woodwork and were like yeah you were kind of like lost to the island for about four or five months you were telling the story of first of all everyone around this dining room table but also I, I would like to think every normal healthy person where it's like you want to believe something you want to believe the best in somebody you want to believe that your judgment is correct you also have enough pride that you're like don't you tell me what's wrong I, I got this and right, uh, right. and then when sort of when things fail it it's 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 all a combination of all these crumbling things like a loss of pride, you being frustrated with your friends. Like why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, I think but, you should rip yeah. on your friends for not telling you. But at the same time, he, he, maybe he wouldn't have listened. That's kind of a shitty thing for me to do. But at the same time, it's like I already feel so shitty. No, like, no, no, no. Kind of put the blame on someone else for yeah. like five minutes. You wouldn't you wouldn't have listened. So listen, we're gonna need her name, number, and address, and yeah. we're just uh, gonna send. Yeah, I want to. Uh, she sounds great. <laughs> I'll give you her social security number. We're we're, we're going to give her the what for, um, but but Jared, I think it shows actually kind of an awesome quality in you that you called. You're open. You're talking about stuff that I think a lot of guys and girls wouldn't ever talk about. What's her name? Karen? By any chance? <laughs> her name is Karen Sharon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so you're still well, having trouble I mean, starting a relationship, is what you're saying, right? I mean, I did try, uh, admittedly, a Tinder date a couple of weeks ago just to see how it would go, and she was like super nice and. Oh, now we're tapping know, into something. Nothing... Wait a minute. And Sorry, just... Jared. I do not oh, mean to interrupt Sorry. you, but are you? Turned off by girls that are nice to you? Sort of freaks me out when I'm going like, oh, this person seems really nice, because then I immediately go like, wow, I could probably see myself dating this person. Um, but or do you like, question, what? like, why is this person like me? I think I'm just scared of the possibility that that I will open myself up to somebody yeah. in a very genuine and real way, and then they'll be really sweet and amazing, and then they'll then they'll show me their true colors, and yeah. it won't be that great. Yeah. I think that's okay, though. I mean, I mean that's oh, that's yeah. not a good that's thing, but I, yeah. I think that's the better way to go. It's like to be open. Oh, for sure. But 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 you know, you got through this one, this last one. You know, you survived it, 
And sure. you're going to do if it if it happens again, and it may not even happen again. But the, you know, the next right. person you go out with might seem nice at first, and it turns out that's really who they are. So right. um, the, yeah, the challenge will be accepting a nice person. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right. And then also, if the person is nice at first, and then six months later, you start noticing things that are, are not good about that person... And I think what you have to do is, as soon as that happens, not the next day or whatever, address it. Or if you don't feel confident to address it that day, address it the next day or the next week. And then right. if that stuff happens again, you you know the deal, and then you know it's time to get out and and realize it's, it's not that it's you know someone treating you bad is not your fault. It's not it's not in your power. Uh, so, but you can leave, you know, uh, but so I guess, I guess Jared, I don't, I just don't want you to reject somebody who is nice to you because it somehow feels like you're not, um, that, that, that this person, because you're used to like the atrociousness of the last one. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm generalizing a gender and just saying like. If this one was bad, they all must be bad. Well, Which I know isn't true, but like yeah. obviously that's not the case. It's just, it's just the you know, it's like flipping the switch. Like yeah. the switch is so heavy, and once I do it, and I you know maybe go on a couple of dates, maybe it'll start feeling like okay, like there are yeah. definitely some decent people here, but it's just that's the hardest. Part. I know. I just don't want you to reject them because they are nice. Yeah. And when you're used to the pattern of like this girl being like incredibly demanding, incredibly needy, making you feel yeah. bad. And you're used to that. I've definitely done that before. What, mm-hmm. what you just said, you know, been burned. I've before, done that to you, you right. know, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, you're like, and then you, years later you, you look back and you're like, wow, I shut some really cool people out of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, for um, sure. I got to tell you though, like the positive thing, Jared, here in this is, is that, um, after these experiences, in my experience, at least, when you're dating people that are wrong for you, that that make you feel like a, a insane person or somebody who like you're not, you're just not yourself, and and you really question a lot of things in your life. Then when somebody, when the timing is right, and you meet somebody who makes you feel really happy, who's popular, who's kind, who's smart, and and is grounded and is generous. Then, at least if you hadn't had the rough experiences, you might not be able to recognize that. 
So yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Jared, it's Sim talking right now. Um, you're 28 hey, right Sam. now. I'm I'm 38. I gotta tell you, um, your story really kind of I I kind of relate to that story a lot. Um, oh really? It's happened. It's happened to me a few times. Oh my I've God, also, has I've, it ever? I've been I've, there. I've also, I mean, I've, I've witnessed them. <laughs> I've known Anna for 15 <laughs> years. She's been one of my best friends for 15 plus years. So she's seen me through everything. But I gotta tell you, and um, we both dated people that made us feel bad absolutely that's true they make you feel really small and then you kind of wonder right. like am i doing something wrong and do i want right. to put myself out there again and go through the same thing and i'll tell you right now you know i've, I've been through a divorce as as anna um we you know i made it out i'm dating someone wonderful right now i know i know it's taken it's taken a while i mean not really though i'm 38 but at the same time it's I've never been happier, um, but I will say That's this. Amazing. Though, I will say this though. I mean, yes, there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, but during this time, your friends are really, really important because they're the ones that'll tell you. It's like, listen, it's not you. We know you're an awesome guy, and we know that you're going to be fantastic. Just be, just be true to yourself. Be confident. Live your life the way you live your life, and just be yourself. And trust me, something great will happen to you. Right. Jared, I have to use the restroom, but I do want to tell you that I want you to be in touch, and I really like you, and I think that because your honesty and openness – you're gonna have a you're gonna have a great life. You're gonna have. Oh, thank you. And that, Seriously, I thank think you what you said much. there is really key: the honest, honesty, and openness. Yeah, right. And, and like Jared, not that many men are like yeah, that. Yeah, and also Jared, that goes for not just when things are going well. That goes for when things are going bad. So when right. if someone ever treats you bad in the future, whether it's a relationship or not, and I'm sure it'll happen because there are, there are bad people out there, you have sure. to either walk away immediately mm-hmm. or confront them with it immediately and then likely walk away too. But the fact that you know, right. you've had it happen to you now, so try to learn from it and be able to recognize that kind mm-hmm. of behavior. That Jared, is. can we call you again? Absolutely. I would love that. So you've That'd been be you've yeah, been just I'll keep, awesome. I'll keep you updated on my, I mean, hopefully I can work on being more confrontational in a positive, constructive way. I think that's an issue that I need to work out. Well, as well. And I just don't want you to reject really kind girls because you're used to really mean people. You know, right. yeah, you'll, you'll see the signs yeah. earlier now. I'm pretty sure that you you know yeah. you'll see them and then you'll recognize them and you'll know what to do. Well, that's really great. Thank you guys for the great advice. Seriously, hey, really, Jared, that means a lot that you guys uh, took the call. Oh, my God. Thank you for being so open and honest, and we love you, and really, we're going to be in touch. L.A. is in such an interesting city to embrace because um, we have no – we're not – we don't have much reason to defend ourselves mm-hmm. because – Life is pretty good here. It's about 76 degrees. Sure, we're in a drought, but we can always get more water from someplace else. Right, right. Like, uh... I I remember when I moved here, and and I lived here in, like, the early 2000s for a couple years, and I remember, like, I was like, how does anyone do comedy here? There's, like, there's no need for it. It's just nice. It's like, like, where where do you get your comedic inspiration from? Like, I understand, like, you know, like, tough areas or shitty areas or, like, you need a sense of humor to survive. It's like, L.A., I, I don't. I don't know that you do, you know. Uh, but but it, but but there are, you know, obviously plenty of things. But sure. But when you go to like New York or Seattle uh, or San Francisco or whatever, there's like mentioning that you're from LA invites such 
sudden aggression and you're like, I, I don't know, man. I guess, do you, are you, you got a problem? I, I mean, I, I, I'm cool with your city. Why aren't you? Yeah. Cool? No, I, I've definitely noticed over the years, um, with with comedians and you know I don't know the acting world as much but even with acting there's always that you know this sort of weird sort of relationship between LA actors and comedians and New York actors and comedians where it was like what do you think that is well I, I think a lot of it's uh, fear and pretension I guess where a lot of it's coming from but uh, but I think the both cities have have changed I think New York has changed more uh, you know New York has become much less artistic than it used to be uh, you know, like, like I, like I remember, like 15 years ago, I would describe the two cities as New York was the city where people were in high school. They're like, I want to be an artist. I want to be different. I'm going to move to New York. And in LA, they're like, I was voted best looking in high school. I'm going to move to LA. You know, and uh, and you know, there still might be like a touch of that, but you know, over the years, New York has become such a corporate city, such a finance city. Um, like I was saying, like almost every person I meet is in finance. They're a corporate lawyer. I hardly ever meet anyone who wants to be an actor or a musician. It's like that's so rare now in New York. It's such a – that's a big change. you know. So when I come to L.A., I, I meet much more – many more artistic people when I come to L.A. as opposed to New York, and, and I like that. you know. When, uh, I, uh, like, uh, when I used to go back to Seattle, people would complain, which I, I – people would say – which is it's such a cliche, but people would say something like, oh, my God, everyone in L.A. is so fake. How do you deal with it? And I remember feeling like, like, so when, like, I would never want to engage them yeah. um, because it t took too much energy. But, but in my head, I was thinking, by fake, do they mean plastic surgery? Do they mean, like, shallowness? Do they mean happiness? And I came to the conclusion that, the A, most people don't haven't really examined what they mean by that and b um i would much rather have fake and happy than bitter and real like, <laughs> than... that's a great analysis <laughs> i love to pretend i'm happy than to know that i that i'm horrible and not enjoying anything <laughs> that's hilarious no, in New York, you definitely have, like, even like, you know, if I ever read an article about, you know, what about dating or, you know, whether it's on Slate or Salon or, you know, whatever, Huffington Post, it's like every article is, it's all just about, like, strategy and how people you say this, you say that. Mm -hmm. like, no one's ever being real, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's almost like people are afraid of that to be real. So they're always putting on. That's interesting. Things. So you've lived in New York and you've lived in LA. LA yeah. Have 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 you noticed any differences as far as dating culture in both cities? I find it much easier here. Uh much easier here to date than New York. Uh I think, you know, I've never been a person who just hooks up with people. Uh, that's I don't know from from everyone that I hear from, that's quite easy in New York, but I've I've never been into that, so I I haven't done that. But uh as far as getting like a real relationship, it seems like very hard in New York. And I think also some of it comes from, uh, you know, girls, you know, when I say girls, I mean women, you know, getting hit on much more mm -hmm. in New York than L.A. Because it's so concentrated. Well, I think it's a mix. It's concentrated and it's, you know, guys being assholes who are just, you know, yelling shit out at women all the time. Uh, I know that's not all guys that do that, but there's enough that to put women on guard and to sort of like just, you know, phase out lots of people. Um 
So people in New York, their defenses just generally run high. They're higher, yeah, definitely. And some of that is just from congestion and how many you know people are near you. And then like, because in LA, if if you're not dating at all online at all. I don't know how often a woman is going to actually run into a guy mm-hmm. and then he's going to strike up a conversation with sure. her. Because, I mean, that hardly happens anywhere now unless people are at a bar where they know that's what they're going to be doing and they're a little bit drunk so their their guard is down a little bit. You know, right. but like if you just if you just start talking to anyone on the street now, you know, their first thought is that you're, you know, some kind of psychopath or creep <laughs> or something, you know. I mean, people don't even ask anyone for directions anymore. I see people in New York all the time. They'll be on their phone. They're sure. looking at their map. And, you know, just just oh, six years ago, pe- people yeah. would be like, hey, yeah, do you know yeah. where this is? No, right. They don't even ask yeah. that now. Huh. And if you see someone doing that, so many times you may be like, hey, are you looking for sure. – you, you need help? And they'll just be like, ooh. You know, they just like, get, don't, get all don't afraid. Don't talk to me. I'll figure yeah. it out on my own. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's afraid to talk to anybody. You're right. That was something really unique when I first uh, was in New York about 10 years ago that it, it shocked me that strangers were constantly interacting with each other. Right. Oh, interesting. And wow, it was, wow. It was wonderful and scary, but 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 unfamiliar. And now you're you're right. Like it's that was a that was something that was very special and unique to me about New York. Interesting. Was people sort of in, like ability to interact with strangers without so a ton funny. of fear? I never even looked at it that way because I remember sometimes when I would be in L.A. And I would, I would be so lonely and miserable. I'd like, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store because at least I can sort of bump into people and talk to the cashier and, you know, maybe you know, <laughs> it's like have some kind of human interaction as opposed to just being in your cars, you know. Uh, but now everyone, especially with dating, it's like everyone's vetted pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an app where sure. you, you know, where you, you get some information about somebody and they get some about you. So there's hardly ever that just... You know, you can be in the same bar in New York, take out your app, match up with someone in Tinder in the same exact bar, know everything about them, and then you just completely just take all rejection out of the equation. Yeah. And, just, and you never, you, you don't have to approach a girl at a bar and say, hey, and strike up a it's conversation like you don't anymore. You have to be brave in yeah. your yeah. Don't have to yeah, those scenes from the movie, romance movies from the no, 80s, it's done. like that That stuff doesn't even really happen anymore. I guess that's I why think. I'm doing, we're doing this podcast. It's yeah. like my, I get to be brave. Then again, I know one guy in New York. He's one of these guys that's, you know, getting laid constantly. He's probably with three different women every week. He's picking chicks up on the subway all the time. Oh, he's not using... uh, What do you think he does? I I don't know. Uh, I I don't know what he does. He's He's a good-looking guy. He's very confident. So I think he's the kind of guy, if a girl wants to hook up with someone, I think he's that guy. And he knows how to walk and talk it correctly and and do whatever it takes to make it... to make it work, you know, but he—that's right. happening constantly to him. That's he'll, he'll meet a girl on the street. He'll get some vibe that she's flirting with him, and then he's fucking her two hours later. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell do you do that? And it's, it's happening like, all the time. Yeah, does it all the time? I need yeah. you to come back yeah. and give us more information. Cool, I will. I'll get, I'll get some details for you. Yeah, maybe we should have him on the podcast. Too. Call yeah. him. I oh, I, I don't think he would give up any information. He's he's one no, of those no guys. No secrets. He's no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't want to blow his cover or anything right. like that. Yeah. I mean, he's like the worst boyfriend to have. That guy because yeah. he'll have a regular girl who kind of knows the deal. You know, yet he's still doing all this stuff, and then it's just, you know, and then and every like, once in a while blows up in his face. You know me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you know. Like this, like before we met, like you know this, like. 
<laughs> I don't know if he does that, but but it's like, and then every once in a while he'll call me up and be like all depressed, how oh, he's never going to get married and settle down. I'm like, dude, you're the only one that's fucking stopping you. You know, <laughs> it's not like you're a guy who can't get laid or can't right. get a date. You're you're getting five dates a week. But that's you know, a bigger problem though. You know, he's just so he doesn't want to settle down. He's like, woe is me because I'm yeah. getting laid. Yeah. Six yeah, I'm like, you can't be the Fonz forever, man. You gotta you gotta chill out. You know what? Age will catch up to him. Catch oh, he knows it. He's well aware of it. Yeah, yeah. He's still, you know, he's like one of those guys who's like, as long as I can make it happen, he's going to go for it. I think he's like so depressed. He's just like, All right, I'm just going to try to make it happen. That's so odd because you would think that someone who was getting laid with like beautiful beautiful strangers yeah. multiple times a week would, would be pretty darn content. Yeah. No, he seems like he's always Grass like, is always scared. greener, guys. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So what are you going to do? All right, we're Sim is making us uh, focus now. <laughs> we're gonna call Jennifer right now. Jennifer. It's exciting. I'm like, I know. I'm excited. Look, <laughs> like this phone ring has got drama to it. Like, Hello, Jennifer. Yes. Hey, it's Sim from Anna Ferris is unqualified, and uh, Anna's here. And Sim's hi, Jennifer. Here to hi. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Sounds like your uh, your friend keeps going back to a guy that continues to cheat on her, and you've just about had enough, huh? Okay, wait, Sim. Come on. Uh-huh. Now, you just, you we're not even making her feel comfortable yet. <laughs> just want to move along. Hi, Jennifer. I know. My sweet producer, Sim, is worried because I've been babbling on all night. But, uh, hi, Jennifer. It's Anna, and my dear friend hi. Judah is here. Hello. And uh, and listen, don't don't let Sim make you I feel uncomfortable. I won't say another word. I promise, Anna. <laughs> but we're really grateful you uh, you uh, submitted a question, and we'd love to talk to you and attempt to give you advice that hopefully you won't take because we're not all that qualified. <laughs> well, we'll see what you say. <laughs> so tell us what's happening. So my good friend, who's stunning and beautiful and wonderful in every way. Um, is been seeing this guy on and off for a year. Uh, within a year, she's like caught him at hand at four times cheating on him. And each time, like I'm there, like she was across the street for me. So we've gotten really drunk together. I made a pizza and um, the pepperoni. I wrote "fuck him," excuse me for swearing. Uh, like we've gotten really drunk, taking days off of work. We've like, done everything, and like each time she went back, yada yada. You just let it go, and now she's back with him again and like he's meeting the parents I've been really like strict by being like I'm not hanging out with him like I don't want him around like I don't want to see him but now I realize that it's like affecting our personal relationship like I'm not seeing her as much anymore like it's a part of her life that I'm not involved in anymore uh, and I'm wondering like how do I deal with like gumminking that and maintaining friendships not being like the rude one or well first of all it sounds like you're an amazing friend yeah i mean you should have seen it i am i am jennifer we were all (laughs) nodding our heads like we have all been here before but you sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no you go no i I was gonna say it's so you don't really talk with her anymore or it's a very it's a much more of a superficial relationship not as close Talk. I, yeah. We uh, we live across the street from each other. So yeah, I hear, but well, it's like it's very superficial now. Well, it's like, oh, how is how is your right. day? Yeah, well, I'll I'll say two things. 
One thing I'll say, it, it is possible you can still help her, but it also, it might not be. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, people, there's something that people talk about like with, with drug addicts a lot, you know, where it's like you, you can't, uh, if someone doesn't want to help themselves, you may not be able to actually help them. Mm-hmm. Um so there, there's a movie called A River Runs Through It with uh, Brad Pitt and Craig Sheffer that Robert Redford directed. And that's stories about that. You know, one brother's out of control, always getting in trouble. Then there's the good brother, and the good brother keeps trying to help the, the, the brother who's troubled, but he isn't able to help him. And, and one, of the, one of the lessons of that, of that story in that movie is that uh, you, know, you can show someone love and you can show someone the right way to do something, but that – you know that doesn't it's out of your control whether they will actually take that in and accept that so you know so you can try again and, yeah. and i think it's worth it and know? also there's another issue to acknowledge here which is something that i've done many times and which is that i uh, if my friend is dating somebody that i'm not crazy about and in a moment of sort of closeness and vulnerability all express to her like I didn't like this thing that he did. I didn't like this thing that he did. And then, and I think I'm doing, I'm just being honest and a good friend, And which that was my intention. And then, meanwhile, a few weeks later, she goes, I've, I find out that they get into an argument and she says something like, well, guess what? My friend Anna doesn't like you. And this is why. And so then the dude is like, well, I, you know what? She's like a jealous bitch or whatever. Like, so then there's this added layer of suddenly your friend without my, you know, I, 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 if I thought about it harder, I would never have said those things because then, you know, uh, but suddenly I'm like pitted, I'm like the enemy towards, uh, with a more powerful force. Right, they've now teamed up me. against you. Yes. Ugh. And it's not that yeah. she doesn't like me or doesn't understand the whole thing. It's just that there's a more manipulative force in her yeah. arena that is is um, working against me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that necessarily happened to you, Jennifer, at all, but um, but it is something that has happened to me that I'm guilty of, and it sucks because... Um, You're not guilty of it. It just happened to you. Don't put the guilt in there. I don't think you should put guilt yeah, in there. I'm going to fight you, know, you on that one. I mean, there there is a chance that yeah. your friends yeah. maybe, you know, in a, in a moment of vulnerability said, well, you know what? I love Jennifer, and I really trust her, and she said that you are not right for me. And then well, he's he like... he knows how I feel about him. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. 
it's not hidden. Yeah. Yeah, th- those situations are tough. It's like if you see, like, I've seen it before where there's a couple having a, a verbal fight on the street and it's turning into a physical fight. And then you'll jump in and say something, and the guy who is just about to hit the girl, that girl will now say to that guy, go kick his ass, and then they both start to fight. <laughs> you know, so it came it's, up it, you. you know, so it's like... Um, but, you know, here's the thing. If she's a great friend, which I think she is, it's just going to take a little bit of time, but she's going to realize that you are her true friend yeah. and mm. and a love and she hopefully she will it just it just might take a little bit of time it might take about six months and hopefully she'll sort of wise up and leave him yeah. and then um realize that you you really loved her and had her best interests at heart yeah and maybe even approach things factually like you know tell her that like if someone shows a pattern of cheating um, you're, oh, you're, 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 you're not going to change that. You know, that, that's a factual thing. It's like, you know, you know, I ask her, it's like, do you want to be in a relationship or you're always going to be cheated on? Because don't think you can change him. It's like, this is the way it is. And I would also maybe try to talk to her, like and try to empower her with love. Don't try to make her feel bad for making the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. Tell her, you know, you think she's amazing and, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. I just had an epiphany. Go for it. Okay, it's a risky move, Jennifer. It's a risky move here. What's the risk? All right. Well, I'm just saying it's going to require some acting on your part. What if we took a different strategy here and you started telling your friend how much you loved her boyfriend? Like they should get married, <laughs> that he's awesome, you were wrong before, um, that he seems like such a great guy. Like, I'm going to take it. Do we just, Columbo I, this a little I'm, bit? I'm going to take this on an even different spin. <laughs> do that. And then when she's not around, you start flirting with her boyfriend Ooh, and go out with her boyfriend. Um, and then she catches you. <laughs> oh, my God. And then she will definitely break up with that guy. But then you won't ever be friends with her either. But at least she won't be with that guy. So you could take a hit for the team. That right. Way. That's pretty good. But what if we? What if you could plant like a red thong? Like, Ooh, smart idea. Thank you. Uh, in like, his car. Yeah, like the two of you, you and your friend oh, go shopping for underwear thing. together. He doesn't drive. He doesn't have a car or oh. a job. No, no. But I mean, like, I want to add like an unknown yeah. girl to the element. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so he but doesn't have a no job. There's nowhere to hide anything. There's nowhere to hide. And doesn't drive. Okay, and there's no like bunk bed or like. <laughs> See, those are the mystery guys I'm talking about. Guys like that who have nothing going on yet. He's got yeah, a steady okay. girlfriend who's amazing, and then he's cheating on her constantly right. with other women, and he has no job and no car. And he looks like Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, Th- those guys are like those guys are like esteem magicians. You know, they're like evil esteem magicians where they just prey on people's esteem and trusts and just. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh golly, oh Jennifer, I'm really worried that you're going to just have to wait this one out. Just wait it out. So just try to stomach it and move on. How do yeah. our, how do our other friends feel about, about oh, this good whole situation? Oh, it's a general consensus that she's crazy, and what we just don't under really understand why. 
Yeah, you might just have to but you know let what? her live and learn. Because she's feeling a little bit alone and defensive right now because her friends don't mm. like her boyfriend. Um, it's maybe even more important now more than ever to sort of embrace her and be patient with him and uh, yeah. and and sort of just sort of be by her side because she'll 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 the the day will come she'll Mm -hmm. she'll see it but right now she's the more isolation she has the more he's able to manipulate her into believing that she's crazy that she's jealous her friends are jerks and like you know and he's able to like to really isolate her in a in a in you know can I can I say what worked on me when this happened when the same situation happened to me? What what worked? Mm-hmm. Um, and this may not work for her, and and this is like this is kind of a bolder play, I think. But um, what happened with me was when I was dating someone that my friends did not like, they just my friends shut me out. So all of a sudden I was alone, and then I pretty much dug my own grave. And then luckily they were there to pick up the pieces, and I was like. Yeah, you guys were right. Absolutely. But you know what? They, My friends waited it out, and I had to go through it on my own. And I kind of feel like yeah. she's going yeah. to have to. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if you should completely shut her out the way some of my friends shut me out. Um, uh, I wouldn't say they completely shut me out, but it was just that I didn't see them as often, and I knew why. I it's mean, because I was, she didn't like us. <laughs> She hated us. <laughs> if you start dating her boyfriend and then she catches you and you're still friends, then you know you two have a good friendship. Yeah, I don't know what to say there. I don't know. I don't know. I think patience. Patience and love if you can. Yeah, but fight it with love, definitely. And, don't also, shame her or anything. And, right. And, and she and, probably and, already has esteem issues. Totally. So, so make her make her feel good, empower her. And as much as you can, sort of bite your tongue until the timing is exactly right. And just say, when if the timing is right, she comes to you, they've been in a horrible fight, say to her, honey, I love you so much. I want to know what he, how he makes you feel. I feel like most of the time, like 70% of the time, you don't feel great about yourself. And that that worries me. What about this? What about the two of you get dressed up, go out together? to some place you haven't been before and try to let's like pick up some hot guys and maybe you do it and maybe that'll get her out of the out of that rung a little I bit. I like that. And it'll be like, oh wow, this, this guy was pretty cool. And show her that there are other men yeah, out there. Yeah. <gasps> Buy her to Introduce yeah. her to other guys and she Oh, so you've tried that to introduce her to other guys. Yeah, we've tried it. I've, this guy I've has a stronghold. He's everything. got a stronghold. He's got a stronghold. Even, like, those awful, like, inspirational quotes I would send her, like, multiple times a day that you find on the Internet, like, I have probably tried everything you could. Okay. Now, does anyone know of, like, guys here? He's probably, oh, gosh, I don't know. I was going to try to say, do we have, like, can we, is there, like, a drug we could slip him so he can no longer, (laughs) um... Like, well, like a re- like a reverse Viagra or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes, we you should know, invent that for guys I, like I this. I love it that you were right with me with it. For guys like this, that's what we need to invent. <laughs> These boner killers. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll we get, should make that. There's we'll, a market. For we'll that. get our research team into it. Yeah, for guys who are like complete pieces of shit. 
You slip them reverse <laughs> Viagra. Yeah. So because oh, that be is great. also the thing. It's like, oh, nobody's loved me more in like both an emotional and physical way or whatever. And yeah, so maybe, uh, huh, huh. all right, Judah, we're going to market this. Or, you know, you can, since he doesn't have a car, pose as an Uber driver and, and kidnap him <laughs> and, then, and then torture him and tell him you know what's going on and tell him to leave town. Or... What if, what if we call this dude and we say, hey, I know this is out of the blue, but we, we really think you should move to Los Angeles. We see a lot of potential in you. You could be a, a big movie star. I don't know why. You, you've just got something. We know you you're unemployed. Thing. We know that you don't drive or anything, but you have something special. <laughs> I think she would pay for him to move and probably move with him. <laughs> well, she's upset. Oh boy, I think I think patience is all is all the only practical advice I can give. Yeah, without all of us going to jail. Or inventing reverse Viagra. I, I love that idea, by the way. We've got to do that. We should market that together. But you know what, Jennifer? The good news is you're a really great friend, and few people are lucky enough to have a great friend like you. Seriously. It's true. And, really and don't feel bad because it sounds like you're feeling sad. And I hope, yeah, it, I hope I it's just like... sad for your friend, not sad for yourself. Don't well, don't feel. She's experiencing a loss. Yeah, I know, but also, but don't feel like guilty, like oh, you weren't able to help you, or you weren't able to help her. It's like right. I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you do have blame on yourself, but in case you do, don't do that because you're an amazing friend and yeah, you yeah. did I everything you really could. To my Christmas party. <laughs> don't come to my party. Um, but then not feel rude about not inviting him to my party. Right. Or any of the Christmas parties. Really. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think... Here's the season. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I truly believe that that rough people, I don't want to say bad or evil people, but but people that are troubled will dig their own grave. So if you do invite everyone to your Christmas party... I've got a funny feeling dude man will dig his own grave and and you'll be able to be the bigger person while watching it happen. That's a good point. Well, and that uh, way yeah. you can like have the power. You're like, I'm the bigger person. I invited everybody. I get to like have a good time, whatever. And you, I'm, I, I like am 80% sure this dude will dig his own grave because he'll make an ass out of himself in front of everybody. That's a really good point. Thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> I hope we uh, I hope we helped you out here. You did. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling, or for us calling you, and like let's keep in touch. And I I really appreciate your honesty, and I hope that I'm as lucky. Um, I want to be lucky in life to have a friend like you. Yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Judah. Hey, Anna. I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. I had an amazing time here. This is so much fun. I'm so glad. Thank and it's, you. And it's like, besides being like fun and funny, it's it's cool having you know real conversations with with the people calling in and stuff. You know, it's 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 really cool. I and like you're it. great at it. Thanks. And I love it that you're uh, 
um, you're you're really open, you're really honest, and I felt like we kind of I, I felt like I knew that from the get go. Yeah. Though, um, you know, our our interactions have been few and far between. They've always been really valuable. Yeah, I agree. I think this was all like just kind of natural, naturally flowing on point. You know, it was uh, it was cool. Will you come back? I would love to come back anytime, please. Really? And if you can't, if you are in LA, can we call you and can we talk to you about? Oh, that'd be great. Okay. That'd be great. But yeah. we're gonna get even like more hardcore into your dating life. Awesome. Keep in mind. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. 